Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Jen. And today we have a very special guest to introduce to all of you today. Her name is Ashley, also known as Recloth Collection. Such a great name. I know. I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) We are so excited to dive into Ashley's story and her successful reselling business. We also have lots of questions regarding her consignment, clothing model, all the things in between that she incorporates in her business. All right, let's dive in and we'll see you at the table. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. I'm (laughs) really excited. I love Ashley. I don't think I can say it enough. Like, and as she's like trying not to like smile, but I really do. <laughs> I do. I have it's always so enjoyed your content. I have, I think that you produce great content, number one, but I also think you're relatable and that you can, you encourage people within that content that you create to try different things, to try different business models, to model your clothing. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into your history, how you kind of get into reselling and then where it's kind of taking you today, because I mean, I like sharing people's stories and you're someone that I really like. So (laughs) for sure. No, I'm so excited to be here. And Ashley's a listener of Thrifters Villa and has been for a while. So (laughs) we love to, uh, to promote that. But before we get into all the nitty gritty of reselling, let's just start from the beginning and uh, have you introduce yourself to everyone who's listening and talk about how you even got into reselling. Definitely. So my name is Ashley and I'm with Recloth Collection. As you guys said, if no one knows, um, new to the channel and whatnot. So I've been reselling for three, I say three years now. It's probably going to be coming close to four coming up soon, about three and a half. I started, I've been on Poshmark though since 2016. So I was, yay. Yeah. It's been, it's been a while since starting on a platform and that was a huge part I call it my pre-reselling phase because I was getting this inventory from free from this donation center at my school. And I originally, in my past, was selling my own clothes, like at grad sales, at online yard sales at home. And so going to college, I didn't have those platforms anymore. So I needed to find a new platform to sell on. And that's how I came across Poshmark and where I started selling my own stuff, plus all this stuff I was getting. So I had a pre-reselling Poshmark face where I was getting rid of all this stuff, but I wasn't sourcing. And to me, sourcing is a huge part of reselling, flipping mm-hmm. things that you get. I wasn't necessarily doing that. So I was learning a lot about Poshmark and how to sell on Poshmark. And then I eventually got my first job as a recruiter out of college, was very busy doing that. At the same time, ran out of this inventory that I had from before yeah. and then decided that I kind of wanted to get into like sourcing my own stuff and flipping it just because I have been familiar with thrift stores before I was thrifting um, back in college before I was reselling but every time I went to the thrift store I was still just finding stuff for myself I wasn't picking up anything to to resell so I think occasionally I'd pick up some things to add into my little group of stuff I was getting for free but it wasn't anything major so I kind of, it was kind of like a defining moment when that happened. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty much started from there. Uh, so it was like your light bulb moment. I like always hearing yeah. right, that like, aha, like something's here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget the first store I went into and now, no, you're good. And then, <laughs> and then sourcing and being like, okay, like I'm doing this. Like I'm looking for stuff now. 
Yeah. 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 It's such a different experience, right. Than going in as a shopper where you're like, okay, I'm going to actually look now for stuff to sell. And it's just such a different mind shift, right. When you're mm-hmm. going in there. So no, oh, that's awesome. Um, would you consider yourself a full-time reseller? It's such a hard question. I feel like, it's so weird. Cause I, I kind of separate my life into like three categories actually. So although with my full-time job, it's flexible at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean I do feel myself doing reselling full-time because that is that third part in there that is content creation and management and stuff that does take up a lot of the time too. So with all those three together, it almost makes up a little bit more than a full-time job, but none of them are really at a full-time, you know, hourly, weekly schedule. Um, over another mm-hmm. that's the definition of like a true entrepreneur right like mm-hmm. you're in all these different brackets and all these different streams of income mm-hmm. you're a business owner you know some of it's reselling and then you've got this like you know quote unquote stable full-time job that or job in general right that you clock in and clock out of and then you've got your website and everything else and your content that you work on, which we'll definitely talk about. Um, Everyone should definitely sign up for Ashley's newsletter. I'm signed up for it. I get it every week. So (laughs) it's definitely something I think everyone should be a part of. And then you have spreadsheets and stuff too, right? Yeah, I have on there just the spreadsheets that I use personally. I get always a lot of questions about it. So I just have it out there. Um, When it comes to spreadsheets and stuff, it's one of those things where I find it works for me, but a lot of times people find something that works for them and sometimes people just need something to get them started so yeah. I always have it out there just just in case people are looking for something well it's definitely a nice tool to have out there for people people are always looking for that kind of stuff all right Absolutely. so we know how you get into reselling right mm-hmm. um I guess my first question is did you anticipate reselling to become what it is for you today like back in 2016 where you're kind of like doing this and all right, I get it. Like, I, I like this. And now I'm going to start sourcing my own stuff. Did you ever see it getting to the point that you're at now? Because you're very successful at reselling. Yeah, I would say it probably was six months in when I kind of was like, oh, like I can make some serious money off of this. Right. And mm-hmm. initially started off because my first time job salaries and even now have always been really, really low. And even mm-hmm. in the career that I went into studied in college and nutrition, I always felt like I was capped and I never was going to make over like $80,000. I was like, this is just the life I chose to live. And I'm not as much as I was okay with that. I was like, I definitely want to make more. And so I found this is a good way to add income in. And then as it started to pick up, I was like, oh, I can continue doing this and make like a lot more money. And if I just work at it, you know, it definitely can get there. Yeah, like the potential is there, right? The mm-hmm. the limit is endless. And sometimes I think that when we go into like these types of careers, thinking that this is what we want and knowing like, oh, this is all I could do, right? This is the cap. It's like, for a lot of people, we're like, well, that's just not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's I like, I, I need more, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's not necessarily just about the money. It's about like, like being able to grow yourself, like, cause it's like, sometimes when it comes to like jobs, you know, and careers like that, where it's not just, like I said about the money, it's about, if I can only get up to here, it's like, but that's it. It's like, I want more, right. And more potential. So it's like, it's kind of interesting. Then, then that reselling kind of came into that into play for you. Right. Cause then it was like, well, here's the potential that I could have. And that's kind of where that, like Danielle was saying that entrepreneurial spirit comes in where it's like, no, I want more and it's okay to have more, right. It's okay to want more. 
And you, you start to live a different lifestyle because you have this extra income coming in. Right. So like, maybe there are certain things that you enjoy doing that make it, but it's difficult to do them because your full-time job or your more stable job, right. The salary that's coming in for that just does, you, you can't do those extra things you like to do. So like, let's say you're so nice to go on vacation. Well, maybe you can't necessarily go on vacation every three or four months. Like you like to do because you, you, the money's not there. But if you resell or you do something else on the side that brings in income for you, well, now you have another way to save for these vacations that you enjoy. Or it could be anything. Like I like to go to the spa. So I use my reselling money for that kind of stuff. I like getting a facial. I like going for massages. Like but I use my reselling money for that. I don't touch my full-time income for any of that stuff. That's just bill money. And that's, that's where that sits, you know? So I just think it's so great that we're all able, especially in today's day and age, to have all this ability to to make extra money so easily online, it's crazy. And you can get creative. Like you do all the content. You create all these reels. Are you monetizing reels now? Now I am finally, literally like three days ago. (laughs) Right. But I mean, who knows what that will look like, but even still, like you like to produce content. So this is another way for you to just keep it going. And content's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like Poshmark could, or eBay or whatever could all die tomorrow, but you still can create content, you know? So I just, mm-hmm. I do, I do love your reels though, and your videos. I think you're incredibly clever. <laughs> Thank you. No, honestly, like I, like everyone says online is with like the reels is you just have to keep doing them. And it, it does come. I look back at my old reels and I just like cringe and I look at my old phone quality. It's like, Oh my God. But yeah, you definitely like my thing with reels is I love, I always, what I do is just save audio first and then create content off the audio. I honestly don't come up with my content until mm-hmm. I have the audio. Cause it's easier to batch out lip syncing and then just like come up with the audio at night. than um, then figure out the other way around. That's really smart. Ooh, that's a really Gosh. smart way of doing that. Um, okay. Back to the questions, I guess, because we could go off on a tangent here. <laughs> yeah. But a part of your reselling business is consignment. And I think consignment scares a lot of people. So what made you go down that route? Is it the, like, is it just more accessible for you or were you in need of inventory and it just kind of happened? Like what, what happened there? So I always have been open to consignment. I just never had like the people to do it for. And so I have a couple people now that have just fell into place. I, they reach out to me. I'm not really that great at like promoting myself. Okay. So I kind of got lucky into that realm of things. And I just find it as a great way to be able to not have to obviously pay for inventory up front. Mm -hmm. Um, When you do have a business where you're paying for a lot of things and things are expensive, it does get expensive. So Uh it can really help with that. My boyfriend's helped me a lot. He's almost just like my business mentor and everything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he just talks about the growth with consignment and especially now just even with like, even just like the competition of reselling, it is another great avenue to have so that you don't have to feel like prices are rising. You can't be getting stuff. People are coming on board. So if you can start off now and you can build that reputation in your area, then, you know, as reselling starts to grow, you know, you can be that go-to person and it just makes it a little bit easier on your life. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree. I think it's just such a unique way to get inventory though, too, because we don't hear a lot of people like almost being like, you know, your own actual consignment store, like you are a consignment store, right? You, mm-hmm. you work with people. And I even saw you have a really great video on YouTube. Yes. About explaining, you know, your consignment process and how you work with individuals, 
how you, you know, um, pick your items, do all that kind of stuff. And now I definitely want to go over that kind of stuff, but so say, can I also talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's definitely talk about that. Cause well, I have a lot of questions, right? <laughs> so, um, when you can sign with people, right. So basically like you work with an individual, they send you all of their items, right? So you go through and I know that you, you know, you'll ask them for particular styles, you know, kind of, kind of like specific brands that you kind of like, you know, give them guidelines, right? Just like a, a consignment store would. Um, then you kind of just pick and choose, right? And I noticed that you said that sometimes some items you sell yourself, some items you take them to buy, sell trade stores, right? So you have like different avenues on what you like to do on different pieces, right? Can you explain that mm -hmm. process just a little bit? Yeah. So basically once I get the items in, I'll separate them out into those three categories. If I want them to sell for myself, if I want to take them to buy, sell trade store, and I kind of just have that option there just because a lot of the people, at least a lot of people I have consigned for so far, just want the items donated. So it just gives them like a little bit more extra cash mm -hmm. to make them feel better about. And a lot of, a lot of places, like if you think about going to consignment stores, they won't do that for you. And so I always like to think of things, and I know a lot of other resellers do it too, but think of things that give you a little bit more of an edge versus what they would happen if they took it to a local consignment store. So it just is like a, a little bit of an extra benefit. Um, yeah, as I was saying, going through those uh, three different things. Um, and yeah, usually with the buy, sell, trade store, I do let them know since I am so busy that like it may not, I'm like may not happen in like a month or something just because I can't always go to the buy, sell, trade stores, um, especially the ones that are a little bit farther away if they're more mature brands, which a lot of the clients I have worked with have been. And, mm. they're, and they're always like, okay with it. So I kind of just let them know up front. And then a lot of the times they just donate the items that don't fit into any of those categories. Gotcha. How do you determine your commission structure for these clients? Is it based off of the item itself and like the brand, or is it just one flat commission rate that you do? Yeah. So I just have a flat commission rate of when it sells the after fee price, that's going to be the percentage that they get from it. And I kind of just took that. I, you know, I shopped at a lot of different consignment stores and online consignment stores and kind of have just used what I've seen online and just work that into my business. And then I kind of just saw, you know, if I do sell something at this price, this is what my payout would be. Would I be okay with that? And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I determined that for the, the payouts. That's nice. How much of the pie is consignment for you? It's very small still right now. I mean, the last month I have one client that's given me a ton of stuff, um, but it's still, I would say only like 10%. It's still very small. Okay. Okay. But still, I again, I'll like, ever do consignment. You don't think you'll ever do it? I've done it. I've done it before. I liked it. I liked it when I did it. And I have to say, I used to also do these things. I used to call them like closet clear outs, right? With like friends and people that I knew where I would go to their house. This is all pre-COVID and everything. But I would just like go to their house and I say like, oh, you have a bunch of things that you want to do donate and I would just go I'll be like I'll come to your house I'll go through all your things and I'll make you an offer on all your stuff you know so I would just yeah, yeah. pay like a flat fee and that's what I used to do and just hand them cash and people used to really like that a lot because it was just like easy I didn't have to deal with the consignment process afterwards or whatever and like people loved it because I, I kind of like marketed as like I'm the consignment I'm the consigner coming to you kind of thing you know yeah, where you don't yeah. have to especially in the Boston area right because it's very metropolitan it's hard to park it's hard to find parking you can't you know, find lugging, any parking in Boston <laughs> no, <not> like, <laughs> but like lugging your bags right when you think about like all the heavy bags they have to bring into the buy sell trade stores and so I'd be like I'll just come to your house instead and I'll just pay you cash up front 
And I actually found that that worked out really, really well for me because I would get great stuff. Cause like you said, most people are just kind of looking to get rid of it They're, I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people, at least not yet, right. Have that mindset that they can actually make money off their clothing. I think a lot of people just think, you know, if I can even just get five bucks for it, who cares kind of thing, because mm-hmm. I was just going to donate it anyways. It's been sitting in a bag in my trunk of my car or whatever for like, you know, six months. So it's like, if you can do something with it, great. If you can give me 20 bucks for it, that's great too. But I think people are more willing to, to work with you on that kind of stuff than people will realize. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, completely. And I love what you had done before because I really think it is so enticing to people just to be like get the money on the spot you know reminds me of like the cash for gold type stuff where you're just like getting yeah. money right away you know like everyone loves that so basically yeah yeah so because that's what I found with my clients too like they're just like I just want to get rid of this and I want some extra cash so I think if anyone can do that in their area as well I think that's such a great option to get some stuff and also make people happy and it's honestly just like easier to clean your hands of it and then you kind of just get to do what you want and just process it the exact same way as everything else you have yeah I think it's great for people too that maybe um have a hard time finding things in the area or maybe they just don't have the time to go out and find items on their own if you can form those connections in any way whether it's putting up an ad right in your local groups that you have or what Jen was doing contacting people that she knows and just being like hey I'll buy out your stuff you know and I I just think there's so many different ways to resell it doesn't have to just be thrift store bins and whatever else and there's so many different ways to do it with minimal cost involved Mm -hmm. oh yeah like the way that I found a lot of my women too is I, I actually joined a local business group so it was just some young professionals, you know, and, and lots of entrepreneurs and, um, you know, just worked with them and told them this is what I do. And I just had so there was like, I think we had like 500 members in that, that group alone, you know, and so I was able to go through a lot of people like that way. So, like you said, there's just so many different ways to source inventory. It's so crazy. I mean, we as a society go through so much clothing. <laughs> you know so it's like it's there's a plethora of stuff out there it's just getting crafty right and figuring out ways on how to source so speaking Speaking of of sourcing (laughs) you think we're professionals right I'm just kidding (laughs) professionals at something at something yeah talking Um, so you're sourcing you know explaining like we would love for you to like kind of explain your process because I feel like you you do not fit in a, in a, in a bucket. I would say, like, I feel like you thrift, you consign, you buy, sell, trade, you online, you do, I think the gamut of whatever, wherever you can find inventory is where you are hunting, where you're searching. So, um, we'd love to just like, you know, kind of just like overall, like what, what is it versus, you know, thrift stores, when you're going to the thrift store, like what's your process, what are you looking for versus like a buy, sell trade versus online? Oh my gosh. I feel like there's, this is such a big question. There's so much. This is an hour long question. (laughs) Yeah. This is like, and because like, I wish I could say that I have this like, you know, structured schedule and like, it goes like this, but honestly, like I kind of just like do what I want. Like 
And it just really depends. Like some days I online source, some days I don't, some days I do it like weeks. I do it a lot in a week. Sometimes I don't, depending on if I have time to go out, mm. I will go out. Sometimes I don't. So it just like really yeah. depends. So, but a lot of the time, because it is easier to online source, I'll find myself online sourcing. Mm -hmm. And that usually just revolves me sitting on my couch. <laughs> I usually do online testing on my phone. Um, more often than not. Um, and I'll just go through the different platforms that I like to source on. And the thing with online sourcing and the thing you have to remember, especially if you have a job, is I can definitely get like sucked up into it. Oh, yeah. And sometimes I can lose time. So that's also why sometimes if I am in an Uber ride or waiting for a plane, that's such a good time to online source. So I don't really have too much of a structure there. But really, what I'm looking for, it is such a big difference between like, style and brand so I have a lot of like save searches mm -hmm. and we'll search around for brands and then that's just the I find the easiest way for me to filter mm -hmm. out stuff just because there's so much out there and yeah. then after that that's when I really just look through first style then after that um and I have and I feel like it just like depends on the person and where you're at because I know a lot of people aren't comfortable paying a certain price but I wish I can give more structure, but I usually just know what I'm looking for in terms of pricing. A lot of times I stay between like 40 and like $90, I would mm -hmm. say when I'm like sourcing online, but it can definitely be a lot higher or a lot lower. So it just depends on that. And then for going into buy, sell, trade source and consignment source, I actually haven't done that too much lately. I probably go to maybe like twice a month. I'll okay. go to those type of stores and I really just go in. It's a lot of the same as a thrift store. I find I'm really just looking for brands. I would say first, but it's such a simultaneous thing. You know what I mean? You like, you obviously see the item when you see the brand tag. So it's really just going through and looking for the items there. I always go to my favorite categories first, like dresses and sweaters okay. and jackets and stuff. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, but usually at those stores, I usually go through the entire store since they're a lot smaller. Yep. And then at thrift stores, usually I do a lot more thrifting with like friends and stuff. So we always like will split up a certain section or whatnot. And that is pretty much the same type of process as the the buy sell trade store so I feel like it's really hard for me to go over exactly what I do unless I have like specific questions about it right um I but I was like just thinking the other day about it is that I remember when I first started and I would hear people talk about how fast they went through a thrift mm -hmm. store and I was like oh my gosh I'm so slow like I can't imagine like how these people go so fast but I just feel like it's it really is such a huge part of being a seasoned reseller is just knowing what you know and having that like sense and really just being able to like touch the shoulder of a top and know, and know what it is not exactly. <laughs> I know it's so true and and Jen and I had an episode where we talked about how to source right because people ask us that stuff all the time yeah, and what's your strategy think, or whatever mm -hmm. right and I think the the number one thing that, you know, we said is you need to learn the store itself and like, what's that store structure? Do they have a tag structure? What is it? What does their stocking schedule look like? Cause all that can play into mm -hmm. how much time you're going to spend in a store. When I go into a buy, sell, trade or consignment, just like you, I'm in and out, like maybe half hour. It really depends on how big the buy, sell, trade and consignment store is. Cause I kind of know what I'm going to look for. I kind of have a good feel as to how many good brands I might find, or it just depends on in where you're going. And 
what the price point is like too because that can yeah. play a part mm-hmm. when you're in those kind yeah. of stores um in the but I do the the reason why I tend to lean more like consignment and buy sell trade is because I don't have to worry about condition and condition can take up a lot of time when you're in a thrift store oh yeah Oh yeah. That. Especially if you don't know what you're looking for, which we've all made those mistakes, right? I still don't yes. know what I'm looking for half the time. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I know what I'm doing, but th- maybe I should be looking over here at this because everyone else seems to have luck at it. Like we, we all do it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. But it is, it is true what you're saying, Danielle. Like, I feel like when I'm in a, in a consignment store or a buy, sell, trade store, my mindset is so different than at a thrift store, right? At a thrift store, I'm more willing to pick up more and more things because of the price point, because of the cost of stuff, right? Whereas like at a buy, sell, trade store, I might not pick up that brand that I've seen at the thrift store. I might not pick it up there because the price is too high and I'm not going to get as big of a return. Mm-hmm. So like, you, you know, kind of like Daniela said, it's like you do go into maybe a buy, sell, trade store knowing, okay, like this is about how much I want to pay for something, you know, and I know the types of brands that I want to look for. So you are more selective. So you can get through the inventory a lot faster, if that makes sense. I do think there's instances though, where like you can pay up in a thrift store. And I definitely have paid up in a thrift store of like $100 or more because the piece was just worth getting because I knew what the return was going to be. And then there's also those pieces that I'm sure Ashley will agree where um, you find it and you know, your profit margin is not going to be double. Like you're maybe you'll make a little bit on it, but like you want to bring it in because of the customer base that it might bring into your closet who then may buy from you again. Have you been in those situations before when you're sourcing? Yeah. And it's, to me, it depends on the item and there, Mm -hmm. I don't find anything wrong with having a lower profit margin or anything like that. For me, it's more of, it is a little bit of the pie that I'm like, oh, this can bring items into my people into my closet I don't mean to sound a certain way saying this but I have I at my point where I'm at I have a ton of items that are going bringing in the people anyway so I don't really factor that in as much anymore but I'm at a point where if it brings in a certain number that I want to see I'm okay with it even if it's a little bit lower let's say it's you know $20 $20 and it's going to bring in 30, but I think it's going to be a item that's going to rack up a lot of likes, which in my mind, when I say that means it's probably going to sell quicker. Yeah. Um, so th- that's kind of what goes through my head. If I ever come across an item that may be not as high of, you know, a profit or margin than you normally get, but I believe it's going to be still a quote unquote good sales. We say in retail. <laughs> yes. But you bring up such a great point because the only reason you would know this and know how to source and what to source is you know your business and you know your data and you know your numbers, which we preach over and over again. It's so important. The only way you get a good sourcing strategy and know what to buy and what's going to sell and what's going to bring you whatever your number, everyone has different numbers, right? So whatever that number is for you that you want to be at or above, you need to see what's happening in the first place to even get to that point. Because we all have different models, right? I, I, you know, we have very similar models, Ashley. You're at a much higher um average selling price that I am right now. So I'm a little jealous of you. I'm not going to lie. I'm at like a 65, 75 and you're way over that. So you're where I want to be. That's like my like happy place. That's where I want to be. I'm not there yet, but I'll get there. I'll get there. It takes time for sure. You know, I, I, I look back over the years and I think it has helped a lot. The fact that I have been able to put in so much time with it. So someone like you who works a government job, is going to take you a little bit more hours probably to to get there than I so that's why I don't ever like 
when people compare themselves to where I'm at, just because we're all at such different journeys and everyone can get there. It just, you know, might be running at a different pace. And yeah. feeling comfortable to pay a certain price point. Because I can't tell you how many times people will send me a message and be like, I can't believe you paid $25 for that. I'm like, $25, that is nothing. $25 mm-hmm. is nothing to me right yeah, now. Oh my like, gosh, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's a score. <laughs> like, that, like depending on the brands that you're picking up and that you're selling. I mean, that's all. Is that a puppy? Hello, puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Just Sorry, we're big animal lovers here. So. I love animals. Oh, a little pup. Anyway. Oh get very distracted when animals come into the picture. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but, no, but you're, I, you're there's right. so many factors that go that go into yeah. this. Now, am I always comfortable paying $100 um, to like 150 in like a consignment or thrift store? No, I do hesitate a little bit on that, but will I pay it when I online source? Yes. I don't know what the difference to you. I don't know what the difference is, but in my head, there's a difference. I don't know why. It's so interesting. No, but I have like even people, you know, I work with a lot of people that buy the ebook and stuff like that. It's honestly the one thing that even people that I can preach all my good words to, that's something within everybody within themselves that, I mean, I can't like force you to get to a point where you feel comfortable buying a certain amount and that's something that you just have to do you know do yourself um so that is such a huge part I think of like the business model that is paying more for items and growing as a business owner yeah it's hard but I think what it is too it's like it also takes time, right? Mm -hmm. Because I would say like, I'm sure that all of us, when we first started paying $25 for an item, unheard of scary, you know, like, oh my gosh, like 25, $30 for an item. Like when you're first starting out, like that's always like, uh, I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can do that. And it's like, and now it's like, no, I can, I feel comfortable. It's because it's your confidence, right? You build up your confidence because you know what you're doing. You know what you're looking for. You've done your research and it's, it is, it's just about building that confidence, which is where you can get to, you know, wanting to pay those higher price points. Um, You know, Ashley, I think that you're really great at really educating yourself when it comes to different aspects of reselling. You know, we really see it, you know, and how tailored and posh your photos are, your reels that you do, your closet, you know, everything that you, your consignment stuff and how you really think about all this kind of stuff. One of the things that I'd love to just kind of pick your brain about is this, I feel like you're so good at knowing like your brands and like, how do you educate yourself? Like, um, you know, on the newest, the latest, the greatest, um, like what's your strategy on that? So I'm at a point where usually when it comes to learning brands, I'll talk about what I do now versus kind of when I started um, because that was all different. So now usually when it comes to learning new brands, majority of the time is when I am sourcing online Mm. or sourcing in person and I come across something I don't know. One of our consignment stores here has so many brands. I still don't know all of them. And so sometimes, and usually this is what I recommend to people if you're in a consignment store, especially in a place where you're like, I don't know 100% of these brands. I probably know like five out of 100 mm-hmm. is don't overwhelm yourself. Like I usually will take two extra items that I think are like, quote unquote, like good styles, something that looks trendy, but I don't know the brand. And I'll take just those two. There's a ton that I pass up. I'm like, maybe I'll look into next time. Mm-hmm. And I will look into those two just to add those two to my like library. And that's kind of how I learn brands now or when I'm online sourcing, since I'm always checking comps, seeing what their market is with any new brands. That's how I learn them. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, that's why I love having my like uh, newsletter and my Instagram page for my ebook students is because it 
having to provide for them helps me learn more stuff too. So that is how I continue to learn brands now. When I first started, it was a lot of just looking up brands I wasn't familiar with when I was sourcing, like I had mentioned with going into consignment stores and picking out just a couple of things. Um, but also as well at that point, and I would recommend to anybody who's new or doesn't know a lot of brands to really go on sites like Revolve or ShopUp and really look at those brands. Especially you have to see like what kind of business you want to have. Right. I'm assuming a lot of people listening here might want to get into more of those like mid-tier designer brands. So I'm just kind of going to speak on to that. So those type of sites are, are really good. They have pages that just say they're brandless and you can just go through A, B, C, D and just you know you can maybe start with A's one day that's honestly what I did when I first started when I was doing a lot of thread up I went on their brands list and literally searched every single brand on that list and like wrote in my note page ones that had the highest selling price and like mm-hmm. bolded the ones that were like extremely high in selling price and that's how I got to know brand starting off because I I wore Forever 21 and H&M growing up. I didn't know what free people was until college, to be honest. And so like, I didn't know brands. And so you don't have to know brands to learn brands. You just have to take the time to learn them. So true. Isn't isn't it so crazy how like, how much reselling, I don't know about you guys, it's, it's changed so much how I dress even now. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, like you said, like, I think we all grew up with just like mall brands and kind of knowing that now I'm just like, I know so many brands like half the time I like I can name the pair of jeans that some girls wearing just based off the pockets like yes. just- yeah <laughs> so true so true I I like that you mentioned going on websites and looking at that because I definitely do that even today just to see mm-hmm. like what new brands other like these websites have um I like to go on oh what's it called is it forward is that the yeah forward is that wrd yeah so Mm -hmm. i go on that one a lot i go on i don't know all different ones any of like the more i guess luxe ones because i just want to see what they have are there any up-and-coming brands Mm -hmm. and sometimes i just do google searches like new sustainable brands in 2022 and i just want to see like what what's out there there's some new like activewear brands that are coming up and stuff and um, i've seen it kind of pop up in a few of my local stores so you know, I, it's a matter of just researching it. You can YouTube it all day long too, if you want. I mean, it's like a YouTube rabbit hole to learn all these different brands. But I just think if you take some time out of your day and don't overwhelm yourself, spend like 20 minutes, right? Every night, if you want. And just, like you said, go to the A's or just go on the just arrived the, or the new arrivals on these websites mm-hmm. and scroll for a few minutes and just see what are the patterns and colors coming up? What are the styles coming up? What are the brands coming up? And kind of getting a overall idea of what these websites are pushing out to their buyers I think that's a great way of doing if you don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like clicking on names and stuff yes completely it's great so I find a lot of things that I want when I go on anthropology's website it's bad (laughs) real bad just got my dress today that I ordered two weeks ago and I'm so happy with it but I have to go to the theme store it's way too long I'm only five four and it's like it's just in like a good five inches have to come off I don't know who designed this dress but it's always for tall people. <laughs> I'm by four. <laughs> On you, Jen, it would be like, I don't even, it'd, oh be, a train. God. <laughs> it'd be a train. Yeah. It'd be like a train. That's, that's my problem. I know. I, that's why I have to get midi and I have to get cropped because then it fits me like a normal person. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is there a category that you enjoy sourcing over 
others or like a top three give us your top three favorites oh easily dresses jackets and I don't know I kind of say coats are separate than jackets but let's say they are the same then sweaters mm. yeah jeans is not on your list Interesting. no it's not I don't know I and shoes are not on your list no I hate okay I don't know maybe it's because I don't like I don't like storing shoes because I have too many and I don't like photographing them as much because it's a separate process for me. Mm. So I don't know. I just also find with shoes because when you are sourcing and consignment stores and online for clothing, a lot of times they, they come in, you know, great condition, but shoes, even if they are worn like three times, they can get wear. And so they just require more work always, no matter what kind of condition. So that's probably the biggest thing with shoes for me. Yeah. I feel like you mentioned in one of your videos, you had talked about how like you don't like cleaning shoes. I hate, yeah, I hate <laughs> cleaning anything. I'm just like, I get it and post it. Like I used to, like, when I started off, I used to do all that stuff. I actually just finally washed a couple items. I have a little bit more to do that I've had, I got like a year ago. And so I just like. So bad. I, I, I just avoid it because I won't do it. Yeah. I, you mentioned your process and I think you do a great job of like documenting this throughout the day of like, this is what Ashley's doing today. And I'm now going to my office and I'm doing that. But like, mm-hmm. you have a very strategic process when you do arrive in your office and like, can you kind of, because I think it's important for people to realize that everything's about routine when it comes to reselling and like, you need to maintain these routines to be successful. Yes, you can stray. Like you just went on vacation. Like you can definitely stray and take time off and all that, but having an overarching routine is very important in growing in this business. Um, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about what that looks like for you and, and why you keep the routine that you have. Yeah, completely. So I would say the most, in terms of that routine I always kind of work around shipping Monday Wednesday Friday so that is the only thing that's like that is happening that day and then everything else really falls into play of at Evernorth Health Services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder you know what do i really need to get done and i always think in terms of the lines of what do i need to get done to be able to list 10 items a day that's why the other day when I like hadn't stored away for two weeks, I don't really fully mind that because like those items are sitting there and they can still be listed. So that's not affected. So mm-hmm. if I'm behind on listing, I'm going to focus on the part of the process that needs to push the items through to get listed. So mm-hmm. I have my, it's really nice. I have my office set up in a flow. So I have three different rooms and each room is different and works within that flow. So I will first inventory the items, put in my sheet and then measure them then photograph them. And then once they're photographed, it can be listed. So storing away can wait. I ship Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So that first part of inventory measuring and photographing, I kind of just work throughout the week based on if I can photograph that day, um, if I go into shipping, if I can measure a couple items. So in terms of what I do each day, isn't necessarily routine, but I have the process in place where 
I can look at my rooms and easily know what needs to get done. So I think having specific stations for yourself is such a big part so that you can, let's say you're a visual person and you need to visualize you like your routine that helps you visualize it a little bit more. Yeah. I, now that I'm not in a one bedroom apartment anymore and I actually have a space to like, I have my shipping, my little tiny place where I ship all the time and my printers are there and everything then and all my supplies. And then I have my photographing place, but in my inventories along the back, like everything has its home. And then I have a room where I can do content and all that, you know, all of that. So I think that's really, for me, because I'm visual as well, I think it's so important to see it and know this is what this space is dedicated for. And anything that else that's in the space can't be here. And I need to like clear it out because it just feels so good. Even like putting inventory away, I'm kind of the same way like you, like it's listed, it's photographed. If it sits there for three weeks, it's fine. And half the time I'm just pulling it out of that pile anyway and and sending it off. But I, but I, it does overwhelm me at times when I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, now there's way too much stuff that's sitting here. And I got to actually take time away from photographing and listing and just focus on putting all of this away. Cause this can't stay like that anymore. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of like, cause I've been watching the home edit cause they have new episodes oh, love home edit. and they talk about the zones, you know, on there and mm-hmm. having your zones for each place. And that's how I think, you know, you, it, I'm lucky I have a big space. And so mm-hmm. I know Others listening feel like, well, I don't have a lot of space. I can't zone everything out. But, you know, within the space that you have, I think if you can zone out what you have, yep. you know, whether that be whatever it is that works for you, then do that. And that will definitely help keep your process moving along and be efficient. Because honestly, efficiency within reselling is you have to be organized and you have to be efficient. Those are two things I think really help my business. Oh, absolutely. 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 Well, you know, kind of speaking on that about your like, your office space that you have. I'm like, like, can you talk to us about like the process of like, how did you go and find that perfect space? Cause I think a lot of people, well, most, I would say most of our listeners, you know, work from home and every once in a while though, you know, that you do get some people or some people are like, okay, I'm ready to move on to the next step. Right. So would love to just hear your thoughts on like, when you were like, I need to change, right. Where I'm doing my reselling into like an, a different space. And like, what were you looking for with, within a space? Were you looking for, you know, like you said, like specific, like zones, lighting, like all that kind of stuff. Like what was like your mm-hmm. checklist, I guess. So starting off, I definitely knew I needed more, like a new space once I was completely overtaking running my, my apartment. And <laughs> I knew I wanted the issue was I knew I wanted to grow. I knew I didn't want to maintain. So if you're at a point where you're like, I'm kind of taking up a lot of space, but I'm okay maintaining, then you may not necessarily need an extra space. But I knew I'm like, I want to grow. So I need more space. Mm-hmm. So I initially was looking at flex warehouse spaces, which are warehouse spaces that have a little office attached to it because I wanted a kind of normal room to take photographs in mm-hmm. since I model my stuff. Um, I actually had a toured one that was like so nice back in January of 20. 21 no yeah 2021 and it was perfect um but then I waited a little bit and the prices went up with COVID and everything so it's back to square one Mm -hmm. I was continuing to look at flex warehouse spaces but couldn't find really any in my budget I'm really fortunate because we have a good friend of ours that went to college with us that is in commercial real estate and he I told him what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. and he's the one that actually I pulled out this place and showed me the specs um I had found it online 
if anyone's like looking for warehouse spaces or actual office spaces, I would recommend LoopNet. And that's where I found a lot of okay. stuff. Okay. Essentially, it's like a Zillow for office spaces, but they don't provide like any photos at all, really. So mm. I'd seen photos of this place and I was like, it's not going to work. And I went to go tour it with my friend, the realtor, and we saw it. And I was like, oh, like this, this can work. It fits within my budget. It was a little bit higher than I really wanted to spend, um, but it was still doable. And it's so close to my apartment, which is another huge thing. I think if I had to drive, it'd be a whole nother oh, story. Yeah. So it's really nice just being able to walk go anytime I want. And so I really wasn't like what I have isn't necessarily what I was completely looking for. There are a lot of things that didn't check off. Like I really would have loved to have a warehouse or office where I could get like packages picked up easily. Yeah. I wouldn't have to go to the post office anymore. That was going to be so ideal, but in a lot of flex warehouse spaces will do that but this one doesn't. So I still take myself to the post office, mm -hmm. um, but really just needed to have a space and needed to have a space to photograph. And so that's what I was looking for. And the fact that I realized I can split my, my process and I have a ton of space and it kind of just like all worked out. So that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at now. It's a really nice space. It's a beautiful space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it looks really nice. And I'm sure it was nice too, to just have that separation too right and mm -hmm. a lot of people like you said like um reselling creeps into like mm. the dining room table the, <laughs> the bathroom you know the living room all that kind of stuff because your inventory right you just keep growing and sometimes you run out of space so um I'm sure it was really nice to be able to have that bit of a separation but at the same time like you said it's in it's an ideal spot for you right because you can go at any time that you need to it's not like you're like I gotta drive all the way across town right to mm -hmm. go and like find this one piece or something like that right yes completely because yeah it's just so much easier to go in and we're kind of looking at different things right now in terms of housing situations in my life so mm -hmm. there's a chance that I may not be in there anymore um we'll see but I highly recommend I always tell people if that are interested in office spaces and whatnot is you really have to make sure that you're like trying to grow you know you can't just if you're just running out of space then that may not be the best thing for you. So getting into an office space isn't for everyone, but you know, if you are looking for something like that, then it can be. If you really want to truly grow your business, it can be, but it takes a lot of work. I didn't see a big return on it, you know, until a while. So you have to be in it for the long run. Yeah, I feel like, I don't, I don't know if I would need to ever go into an office space because I have the room over the garage and it's such a big space. Um, but a part of me, so right now that room's not, that area isn't connected to the upstairs of the house, but eventually we're going to connect everything. And I think at that point, I'll make my decision if I want to stay up there or not, or if I want to go into an office space or I want to move it somewhere else. Um, because I like that I can't see it right now. There's mm -hmm. because the last three years, all I did was see inventory all over my bedroom and it was like invading my space. So my feelings might change when I can actually see it. And I, so I thought it was maintaining for a while. Like you, you know, you mentioned if you want to maintain, if you want to grow, but over the last six months, I've been growing, but like in growing quickly, I feel like I might get, if I continue to grow the way that I'm growing, I think I have to make this internal decision myself, right? Do I want to keep growing or do I want to stop and stay where I'm at? But if I keep growing at the rate that I'm at, I think I, I will have to eventually 
depart from working in my house mm-hmm. and look at something a little more outside the home. But again, like you said, it's hard price point wise to find what's going to work. I mean, a lot of things, I, it's, I'm sure similar where you are, um, Ashley, but here on the East Coast, things are just really expensive. <laughs> like there's just no way around it, especially if I'm going into a city or something. Um, it, the prices are really, really high. So there's a lot to consider when it goes into an office space, but yeah. it's crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely would say stay in your space as long as you can. If I wish I could have stayed in my space for longer. It just, it really is a big expense you're adding on. And it's not just the space you have to consider. I had to get due to my contract um, business insurance and yep. Wi-Fi yep. and like you might have to pay for parking for your place I would have luckily I can walk and there's a parking lot over there that's cheaper but yeah there's just a lot to consider and I won't lie you know I remember I used to think that like office space was like you know every everyone should try to aim for an office space mm-hmm. and grow their inventory and have this yeah. big thing and like I looking back now I wish I could have stayed in my apartment for for longer. It's definitely not needed. And, you know, unless you're really trying to also like add employees and like run a humongous business, if that's your goal, you know, work toward that. But if that's not your goal, then you may never need an office space. So I just like to let people know that just because it can be, you know, such a goal or the grass is greener and you need to have it tight. Yeah, no, I love that. I think, thank you for sharing that. I, cause I think a lot of people idealize it, right. It's like, Oh, the office space. And it's like, almost like it makes them feel even more legitimate with what they're doing, you know, yeah. but at the same time, like you're saying, if it is something that you don't really need and it is, it's an added expense. And I don't think a lot of people think about like all the extra stuff that comes with it. It's not just the rent, right? Like you said, it's business insurance, it's Wi-Fi, utilities, whatever, you know, and then maintaining the space and all that stuff. So no, I really appreciate you, you know, opening up about that. Cause I think a lot, like I think a lot of our listeners and even myself would think like, that's a goal. That's what I need to do. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you don't really have to, if you don't know, you know, it's like, if you can make it work, then make it work for yourself because then it's more, more dollars in your pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. When I think about how much rent I have, and if I can have that much more like profit a month, like it's a big amount. I'm yeah. sure. And this all dictates, I think people forget that, like, we don't know what each individual person has as expenses. All that dictates how much money you need to make every month. So you can't always go by like, well, so-and-so made this much in a year and so-and-so made this much in a month. And I can't hit that, but you have no idea what their overhead even looks like. Yeah, Do they have yeah. employees they need to pay? Yeah. I mean, all that goes into it. And speaking of that, do you have an employee, right, Ashley? I only have virtual assistants okay. now. I did. Um, it's with reselling and with the type of people I've been employing, you know, a lot of times it's just not a, you know, long-term thing people find. Um, I'm really happy for my last employee. She found this great full-time job for herself. So she just couldn't manage it anymore. And just because I'm just trying to save some extra money, I have decided just to do things myself. I will say not having an employee anymore and forcing myself to go into the office. I found, I think it's helped me be more productive because I have to go to the office more mm-hmm. versus just sitting back and chilling a lot. So <laughs> having you know. the time off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, okay. So I want to talk about your photographing. Okay. I, 
love your photographing. And I know um, it's you by the photograph. We always know it's you. We're on Poshmark. We're like, that's yeah. Ashley's. Yeah. When you're like searching for stuff. Yep. <laughs> you've really created this like great brand, you know, around like your, your branding and, and how you even like filter out your pictures and making sure everything looks incredibly consistent, right. In your closet. So I'd love to know, like with your modeling, right. What made you decide to go in that direction? Because I mean, I know that people have talked about modeling before I've done modeling before for my closet, not, yeah. <laughs> not anybody else. Um, and I, I found that it was, it, it really worked for me. So I, I would love to know, like, um, yeah, what made you decide to go in that direction on, on modeling, you know, all, not all your stuff. I know you don't model everything, but it seems like you try to model whatever you can, right? Yeah. So in terms of modeling and where it started, it kind of started from the very beginning before I started reselling. So when I started back in 2016, I actually did model a lot of my stuff back then. I was actually in my my boyfriend's uh, parents' house in his closet. He had this like full length mirror in there. And I was literally, you can like scroll back my photos. And I literally- You were an early like, adopter of modeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And all there, just because I saw, I think at that time, there were like these other people's closets that all modeled their photos. And I just loved the way it looked. Yeah. And so I decided that I wanted to do it too. And it kind of went from there. And there was some period of time where, I stopped doing it, but I just found that people would always ask for a picture that they just always sold better when they were modeled um, from just being on the app since 2016. And so that's when I decided just to keep doing it. Cause I think when I first started like my business and reselling, I wasn't modeling, but I also found that just taking the photos and the way I had it set up it just didn't look as good. That was like before I knew about photo room as well. <laughs> I do yeah. a lot of photo room now. And uh, so that's why I started to model. And then it's kind of just stuck since then. But now I'm at a point where I actually am now modeling maybe only 50% of my items okay. just mm-hmm. because I, because I don't have anyone working for me. I'm trying to turn out 10 listings a day. It does just help me be a little bit quicker. And I mm-hmm. find that if it does have a good stock photo it sells just as well mm-hmm. so I will go ahead and mod- I will photograph anything against just a white wall anything that are bottoms or a item that has a good stock photo and those are just like the classic brands that sell well they can think of like Love Shack Fancy, Ula Johnson, Nilly Lotan, like yeah Rachel Kami yeah, things like have, that like, all these gorgeous photos right? yeah mm-hmm. so then I'll just go ahead and take those like I do for my pants Nice. Do you think modeling helps you sell the item? Like, do you notice the difference between an item just hanging on a wall versus your modeled photos? So now with the stock photos, I don't anymore. Um, they're pretty much the same. They'll sell the same. It really just depends on the item when I have them photographed those two different ways. I think I've talked about this before, but when it comes to modeling, it's really, I find that it just, it's important to this sounds so superficial, but do it right. Just because oh, unfortunately, like you can make an item look bad. And yeah. if it looks bad, then it's not going to sell well. I mean, I'll, I have items that I actually have started deleting like a couple of poses from older items just because I just found that it doesn't really look that good. Right. And so, you know, you have to make sure that you are still doing like the item justice. And so modeling is great. And I love doing it like I won't I wouldn't have regretted doing it I think it's great for branding 
but it's definitely not a complete necessity at all. I have, I know so many people and friends that use hundred percent stock photos and they're doing just as well. Just fine. I'm yeah. sure there's people listening saying stock photos. I thought we can't use them. Take a chance. <laughs> I use them. Yeah, I yeah. use them. It's Everyone one of the things like them. jaywalking is illegal. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, a lot of things are illegal. <laughs> Good example. <laughs> I mean, I use them. I've, I mean, you have to know which brands are going to come after you at the end of the day. Yeah. You do your yeah. research. Yeah. That's very, very true. But um, again, great YouTube video on this. See, I'm such a stalker, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have a, your YouTube video it was so great, Ashley, about how you even talked about that, right? About making things flattering, right? Because if you're just kind of like standing there and in a pose, right? And not really giving the, the piece movement or, you know what I mean? Or angling your body a certain way, you really kind of break that down. Where did you learn all that kind of stuff? I'm like, see, she's like a jack of all trades. She's a here. professional. <laughs> she's a professional I, people. Honestly, I personally, I just like all my knowledge of things just comes from things that I, I see and how I think about things, you know, especially from being on Poshmark for so long and like coming across photos that don't look as good, unfortunately, yeah. you know, and just, and then myself and like standing certain ways and be like, that does not look good. Like don't hold the camera in that hand and face that way. It just, you know, it's a lot of, it's like trial and error too. Everyone's going to look different in different ways. And so, you know, a lot, of, a lot of reselling is as a seller, you just have to know what the buyer's thinking. And I have, I was a huge buyer in Poshmark for a really long time. So I always just revert back to things that I thought when I was a buyer. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so true. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Like, um, I know, I know like in the past when I did do some modeling stuff, I found that, um, like, covering like your face is always really good because you want the person to imagine themselves like in it or something, you know, and then like, um, obviously, like you said, hitting those angles that you feel flattered, flattered you too. You know what I mean? Also really yeah. helps because it's like, it's almost like the confidence can be seen in the photo, right? So yes. it's like knowing where you like feel confident and what angle that you're in. And, but I also found that a lot of people really liked also seeing it on a, a normal body right? Seeing stuff on a normal body was always really nice. And I, I remember people always saying that like, oh, thanks for, for modeling that. Cause it's nice to see it on, on somebody and see what it looks like more in real life than like, you know, in, mm-hmm. in like a, a fancy studio, right. And, or like, like in Tulum or something where it's like gorgeous and it's yeah. like, you know, like the cabana boys bringing you a drink and it's like, okay. <laughs> what a life. Yeah, I know. Right. But no, that's really cool. But like, yeah, like we said, I swear every time I'm like on um, Poshmark, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. What Whenever I'm from. looking up comps, I'm like, Ashley, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley. That's why sometimes using the stock photos, I'm like, oh, like I hate the fact that I am doing it more. I know it's good for my business. And I don't think I'll ever stop, obviously, the modeling completely just because, of course, there are so many items that still need to be. But it is, I mean, it is so nice having people being able to scroll and see oh that's that person's closet Mm because I remember even too see now I'm like going back when I was a shopper and I used to shop 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I would always come across like people's closet and I would know their closet by how their photos were edited Mm -hmm. or what they laid across it. And there are some closets I never shopped at before, but the pictures always look so good. I'd always go into the closet. I'd always go check it out. I never bought anything, but I still thought the closet was really nice. And I think Mm -hmm. there are so many like buyers out there that will think that or do that and who knows, maybe eventually they'll buy something. Maybe I eventually would have bought something from this other closet if I kept looking and found something. So you just never know. It's always good to be different. I think on Poshmark and stand out just because there are so many listings and so many sellers on there. I think photo quality in general is super important, whether it's with Google or it's trying to sell a piece on your own website. Like that's what attracts people to wanting to buy something. It's Mm -hmm. the photo. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it, that's, that's that's how I shop sometimes like oh that's really cute I'm gonna click on it and then sometimes I buy it sometimes I don't yeah. but like that's how I shop even when I go to the bookstore and I'm looking at books even though I have like a specific genre that I'm looking for well this title's really pretty and it has like yeah <laughs> and whatever but this journal's so pretty but like that's it's such a weird thing but it's true it's a behavior yeah no, it is true. But you know, what's funny is like, then on the opposite side, when I'm sourcing, I'm like, I want the ugly photo. Yeah, right. I want the, <laughs> yeah. that looks the, worst. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I want the piece that's on the floor. And then I see all the other yellow lighting. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what's even coming to me. That's what I yeah. want. I'm like, that's what I want. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, wow. I'm like, okay. I'm like, she just threw it on her bed. I'm like, what else does she have? Like, right. Like what else? Hopefully there's a bunch of other stuff on beds. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But I, so when, uh, going back to like sourcing online, I source in the real, real lot. I know you do too, Ashley. And I know Jen does. And, um, I struggle sometimes buying, buying stuff on there because their photos aren't always wonderful. Like the other day I saw a pair of pants listed. I was looking through jeans and like, they were half on the mannequin and half off. And like, they're not <laughs> always the best that. thing. Someone was having a rough day. <laughs> right? Like, did you just give up halfway through? When you were like, forget it. I'm done. I'm leaving, guys. Yeah. See you later. Like, what, but sometimes what? that is the benefit of those sites that have such like a big amount of items is that they not only just in photos, they make mistakes all the time. All the time. It can be really good. I know like you recently had caught on a My Gucci find. And, you know, it could Yes, be really beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was an amazing find. But like, I find that um, just like anything, if you were sourcing on Poshmark or anywhere else, there's certain times of the day and night that are just better when it comes to sourcing. Or I found like, if I source on Poshmark late at night, I tend to find some really good stuff because people Mm -hmm. are home from work or whatever. And they're like, I'm just going to list this stuff. Like I'm done with it because most people not everyone, but the majority of people are working during the day. So when they get home, they're kind of like, whatever, I got to list this stuff. I'm just going to list it. And they don't care about it. And I tend to find good things there. And I noticed, I don't know if there's any validity to this, but what I've sourced on the real, real, either early, early in the morning, like 5am if I'm laying in bed and I can't like fall back asleep and I'm sourcing 
I found really great stuff then. And I also found really great stuff like in the middle of the night, if I were to wake up at like 1am or something, mm-hmm. I found mm-hmm. really good stuff then. So there might be some truth to them, like pushing things out in the middle of the night. So when you wake up, there's like fresh listings. I don't know. Just like- yeah. Yeah. No, I do a lot of sourcing. I feel like either in the early morning or at night, just because during the day, I'm just so busy. But I feel like what you're saying, even like, especially with Poshmark at night, when you think about it, if someone's listing at night, it probably means they're busy during the day, which probably means their photos will be taken at night, which probably Correct. means they have bad lighting, which probably means they have bad photos, which probably means you can get it at a good price. Yeah. <laughs> which means I'm bundling a lot of stuff in that closet. <laughs> exactly what she said. That's my thought process too. I'm like, yeah. I mean, think about it. It just makes sense. Or on the weekend where like people are cleaning things out. And like they're just Sundays, sometimes out. Sundays I find are pretty good too. Like Sunday evenings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to talk about your website and um, your newsletter. What kind of prompted you to start the website? Like how did this all develop for you? So the website initially was started due to my first ebook coming out. I just needed a place to host it. And so that's why I started the Shopify. And then I just realized I could add a lot more stuff to it. And so I did. And it's kind of just become, you know, what it is. It's nothing too crazy. I honestly haven't done that much with it. I usually, I just use like a normal Shopify Mm-hmm. um template with it but I always will just add things on when I can I like having the option of you know adding the free stuff on there plus stuff people can buy plus having all my links on there just as a good place to host all my stuff that people can go to and that was another thing I wanted like I know link trees are huge out there but I just like the idea of having it's just a little bit more nicer makes me look a little bit more professional <laughs> to have a website you know with yeah. everything on there so that's kind of how it started and you could if you wanted to put your items on there like your clothing items that you're reselling yeah I have a different site for that but I honestly haven't sold like anything so I kind of just don't do it it's a lot of marketing it's, so it's a lot yeah mm-hmm. if someone buys something cool but it is what it is yeah yeah nice. and the nice. newsletter tell people what the newsletter is about yeah, so the Talk Trending to Me newsletter is a weekly newsletter. I initially created just because I realized and came across a lot of people that didn't really need to know the information and the full ins and outs I had in the ebook, but still, you know, needed to know, you know, what to source. It's usually like the biggest thing I come across with people. And so that's why I decided to make this separate resource for people just to go ahead and provide that information about things that are currently trending some things to look for initially was no more just like the brands to look up for plus some styles but because it is still a little bit limited with brands I am always learning new ones but there's always so many different styles are ever changing and a lot of people are, are starting to know the brands but you can get really particular about the certain styles to pick up so now I really just highlight four different really trending styles that are selling really well within a brand to look out for nice Nice. Definitely Very. sign up for it, guys. I better yeah. see a lot of new people signing up for that newsletter. I'm gonna ask her. <laughs> I'm gonna ask her at the end of the week. Like, a lot of people sign up. They better report. be good people in signing up. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, it's just the price. It's just the price of like a venti Starbucks coffee, you know, for the month. And then I do have like honestly, and I'm, I'm really happy. It's been going really well for so many people. But I do have a giveaway every month for those who subscribe to win a free inventory item. And I honestly, 
I'll just go sourcing and take it out of what I source. I don't like source specifically like Ford or whatnot. Yeah. So it can be really hard to part with those items, but <laughs> I send that off to somebody every month and I'll get, you know, emails back saying like this last time is sold back. It's sold in like a day for like $90. Oh, so like you wow. get your year's worth back <laughs> from just, you know, that one time. So really? I'm glad it has been going really well for people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Amazing. Well, this was so great to sit and talk with you and like learn a little bit more about your story and just your process. Cause I think there's, it's, it's, you have it down. I, I, no one's perfect. Right. But like in my eyes, what you have created is like what my perfection would be right with no, everything. across. The no, but it's true. It, it's really true. The way that you come you know, the way that you structure your business, the way that mm-hmm. you sell your items, just everything. You're, you're really great. You have the content that goes with it. I think it's wonderful. I wish I had time to do all the things that you do. I don't. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. And, uh, and Jen and I, you know, we fangirl over people that we have on here all the time. And you're one of the people that we fangirl over. So. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, love you too. Every so guest sweet. that we have on, I don't care who it is. Like we fangirl over. Like, we love everyone. People fangirl over us and we're like, please stop. And stop fangirling <laughs> over us. We fangirl over you guys. Like, yes, you guys have some great people come on. I'm so honored to be like a part of all this. Oh, of course. You are such a big part of the community, Ashley. I don't think you realize mm-hmm. like the impact that you make on the community. You really do. Yes. Appreciate Take it, it all in. Take all the compliments in. It's a great way to end your Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> it really it is. I feel like I'm, I am that person. Like I definitely grew up like, not the star of the show if that makes sense so it's sometimes weird for me to like hear those type of compliments I'm just I can get really awkward with (laughs) (laughs) totally fine we can relate and we understand totally fine and she's I'm like and and she's humble too look at that (laughs) she's the perfect package guys (laughs) no this is really great you know we think that our our listeners and everyone is just gonna really take a lot from this you know I'm like we said I mean I know for me, I just am in, always in awe of your due diligence of what you do. You know, everything that you've done, you you don't half-ass it. Like, yeah, you know, you honestly, don't. like you, you can tell that a lot of love and a lot of thought goes into every single piece of your business. And so I think that you are definitely somebody that, uh, a lot of people aspire to be, and we're so excited to see, you know, you keep growing your business and, and seeing what's next for you. And, um, you know, like we said, we're, we're just so honored that you were able to come here and talk to us about like your process and, you know, all the stuff. So definitely folks go and check out, you know, Ashley's her reels, her YouTube videos, you know, sign up for those newsletters and everything. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> I know. I have so much to too. talk about. It's a YouTube and it's great. And she shares her numbers and she goes into detail. I like yes, it. You should watch absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. So now just on the YouTube. Don't listen to us talk about it. Just go give her the watch hours so she can yeah. collect a nice uh, yeah, um, you know, yeah. pennies, you pennies see, that you make you on YouTube. It. Yeah, pennies. It's bad, you guys. It's so bad. I'm like, what? <laughs> and it for the long haul. <laughs> it is. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.